How have you been this week? Well, we're currently recording. It's Monday right now. Uh, so the week has started out uh, pretty interesting, but it's been a good Monday so far. Uh, but it's Monday. I always feel like Garfield on Mondays. Honestly, I actually, what's weird is Mondays are basically my my Sunday now, but I kind of feel the same way about them because um clay is working and everybody else i know is working so i'm just kind of like i'm i have nobody to talk to <laughs> and, and mondays are kind of boring and they just are kind of always just you you just feel bleh at the end of the day yeah and then just happy it's tuesday but before getting into the review, I think there's a couple of things just worth covering before we get into the actual episode itself. And one update that is very exciting is letting our listeners know and everyone, whoever is listening, is that it was released today, finally, a trailer for the revamp of ink master which is really fun yeah oh really i had no idea that's so cool yeah it's been I a long time show. i know i miss it it's been a long time in the making for them to do a revamp of it especially with new judges that are on it they announced that dave navarro is kind of taking a little bit of a back seat and he's no longer the main host where it is none other than good charlotte's main lead singer joel madden which is really cool nice i will miss dave but um i yeah. think it's it's a change and they're definitely wanting to revamp the show and change it up just due to reasons being why it got canceled originally well that's really cool that it's coming back i loved that show so much and i've honestly missed it so much i just I love tattoos. I think they're just so cool. And and just like the whole competition of it. I've been on the fence myself about like possibly signing up to be a canvas on the show. I just am like so worried about like the kind of thing I might have to commit to. It's probably one of those things where I'd be more willing to do it towards the finale than, yeah. than <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> But it's just a lot of fun to see what they come up with. So I'm excited to see it come back. I am too. It will be great to see it. Just a fresh set of people on the new revamp series. And especially it being through Paramount Plus now is when I was originally watching it, I had to watch it with commercials. And now being on Paramount Plus, it won't have commercials, which, hey, hey, hopefully Paramount Plus won't pull a Netflix and have a cheaper option with commercials. Let's just hope not. Yeah, honestly. Uh, Netflix is really upsetting me. It just got so expensive. Uh. And then the other thing that has really been coming to the forefront for me, it doesn't affect me personally, but I know it's affecting a lot of content creators, especially I know we've had the conversation, which you have also fallen into this realm of what's going on in the TikTok world of videos have been popping up on my feed of a lot of large content creators have been having the issues of 
their videos are not reaching their following anymore. And we're talking anybody who's a content creator that has millions of followers and it's not reaching their followers anymore. It's actually kind of ridiculous. TikTok has always kind of been like that where it's it's never wanting to push your content to your actual followers. Uh, One thing I've always noticed ever since I was able to actually view the analytics on my videos and see kind of where where the views are coming from who's actually interacting with my videos and it's it's usually never my follower base i i definitely have uh, a few a few usernames that i recognize um almost on a daily basis uh that are constantly liking my videos who i know are following me and whatnot but it's really like two three people who i i see on a regular basis and then the rest of it is just kind of on the for you page never Mm -hmm. my actual followers which is always just so weird to me because i i wouldn't call myself a large content creator myself i'd say i'm still pretty small in the grand scheme of the big creators on tiktok that being said it's kind of weird to me that even out of the the nearly twenty thousand followers i have hardly any of them are actually getting my videos pushed to them versus Mm -hmm. people who who aren't not that i don't mind other people finding my videos and finding me but it's just so weird to me that my actual followers aren't getting to see it as well yeah it was really heartbreaking to i listened to one individual in particular and they were saying how this is their livelihood they do this this is how they make their income now and the fact that they have millions and millions of followers that they're only getting hundreds of likes slash views on their videos and they just were being candid and honest saying I am exhausted as a content creator that I'm making and uploading videos multiple times daily to get such little response to them. And it's kind of sad in the sense of TikTok grew so rapidly within the last so many years. But the thing about it is it originally started as a original content platform for those that want to create content. And now it's turned into, I would say, obviously, celebrities have joined TikTok and they're continuously joining. I would say I'm noticing new celebrities join weekly that I said, oh, I didn't notice or didn't see that they had a TikTok prior where now it seems as if it's a lot of following what that trending sound is and what that specific trend is versus people having their own original content. It it definitely is a lot of that. And what's also frustrating about that, though, is I feel like I'll I'll see a sound get a lot of a lot of traction, a lot of movement, and then I'll go to use it myself usually within like the same like day that it's starting to get popular and then it that video will be probably my worst video that week it'll it'll hardly get any views hardly anything and then i'll i'll get a video that will actually start to hit better numbers actually start to hit like a good a good viewership have a lot of interaction a lot of comments a lot of shares and I will literally take that video and basically, I obviously don't want to copy what I'm doing. I'm trying to make 
new content with every video I make, but I will try to follow that trend of that video by doing something similar, using the same cosplay, uh, having the same kind of music, the same kind of sound used in the, in the video and just kind of keep up that, that similar vibe, even using the same hashtags and everything. And that one will also just tank and not do anything. And it's so, it's so kind of hit or miss and you'll hear, oh, well, you should try this. You should do this from one content creator, but then you'll hear five more content creators mm-hmm. say, yeah, I do that literally every day and it's getting me no no views and i have a i I have an actual followership but it's like i'm not getting it my videos aren't going to any of those those followers and it sucks it's hard and it's exhausting yeah even in the realm of instagram where for my specific food page i have if not i don't remember the exact number but if not close to 300 or 300 plus followers on there and half of my content is not reaching my following base anymore and even to the point where hashtags used to work for me where they're no longer working for me and looking online it says oh you've probably been shadow banned and instagram has not came out to say oh yeah shadow banning is a real thing but it kind of is for a lot of big content creators that are trying to get out there and have their information seen. So I just wanted to open that up and um, voice the, I would say to those that are having and feeling that frustration that we feel you, we see you. And yes, I'm sorry that that's happening. The best thing you can really do is just kind of ignore it. Remember that the whole reason that you're supposed to be doing this or should be doing this is to have fun, to have a good time. Uh, I definitely started my TikTok just because I like doing cosplay. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was at the peak of the pandemic. I didn't feel like I I had a lot of cosplays that I had just finished that were meant to be uh, debuted at upcoming events that had been canceled. So it was really nice to have that that platform and that space to be able to show show off those costumes that I got to make and get to basically be like I made this and I'm proud of it and it was it was a lot of fun and so just remember that's kind of why you started is you found a thing that you liked and you just wanted to do it for fun and just keep doing it for that and eventually it will pick up you will get traction and it will go somewhere if you're doing something truly genuine so that's that's the best advice I can get for it. <laughs> well, getting into our review, we gave, I would say, a pretty straightforward guess for what this week's episode is going to be. And it's really exciting because I just watched this film. I hadn't seen it when it first came out. And um, I will save my thoughts for the end of this review. But just to reveal what we will be covering today, we will be covering the newest addition to the Pixar family, the film called Turning Red. Turning Red, this film, I was excited to see it come out. It was, of course, the next Pixar film that was coming out. And I get so excited. I've said this before on our podcast that I just love Pixar films. So I was definitely excited to get to see this one. And 
Um, going into it, there were just a lot of fun surprises that I wasn't expecting that made it s so much more enjoyable to get to to get to sit through and enjoy. So it was it was definitely I, I'm gonna save save my review for the end, but it, it was I was definitely excited to get to to get to see it. Yeah, I was very surprised after I watched it, and again saving everything for later, but. I think just getting into it, this movie really surprised me in so many different ways where the trailer really does a really great job of explaining what the film is. But I would say that there's so many more layers to this film. Mm -hmm. And before getting any further into it, well, let's give the spoiler warning. Spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen Turning Red, go watch it and then come back. It's okay if you turn red because you're embarrassed because you haven't seen it yet. It's okay. <laughs> and just kind of talking about what this movie is about, giving a quick breakdown. A 13-year-old girl is torn between staying her mother's uh, doubtful daughter and the chances of adolescence. And as if the challenges were not enough, whenever she gets overly excited, I would say also stressed for that matter, she transforms into a giant red panda. And there is no small saying of giant. Um, yes, a giant panda. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And oh my goodness. So uh, getting a little ahead of myself, there's a point in the movie where she is a panda and she's like freaking out and running around trying to get away from everybody. And this girl comes out of like a bathroom stall and freaks out when she sees this giant red panda in front of her. And she goes, oh my. And then gets a panda paw to the face. Yeah. And I think she was going to be like, Oh my god, you're so cute. Yeah. And that would have been my reaction, in all honesty. I'm bathroom stall girl. <laughs> so I'd be her best friend, Abby, that was with the big... That was the huge thing that they kept adding throughout this movie that I loved was manga the, anime eyes. Yeah, the big anime eyes were so cute. And every time they freaked out over anything that was adorable or or hot, uh, <laughs> it was so cute. And just going right out like right out of the gate it, i love that it put the setting at the the early 2000s mm -hmm. like that kind of realm i loved that for this whole movie because it made it feel so nostalgic for those times with the tamagotchi yeah and yeah. It, it was such like in the boy bands and for yes. town so all that was just so adorable so i love that that being a part of this film as well I agree. It for sure had that nostalgic feel to it for those that were uh, alive and around and experienced the mid 2000s to late 1990s, where it was very Backstreet Boys and Sync. Uh, the Four Town, which I took that as O Town, even. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. But it was honestly exciting. And again, I think what those specific layers is. Obviously, the big red panda in the room is that she was able to turn into a large panda anytime she got embarrassed. But I think there was a lot of other layers to peel back, such as this movie touched on things such as puberty, going through puberty, changes within your body. 
uh, I would say specific things in particular that happen with women once a month. And a lot of it was that's kind of where I saw it, especially the mother and daughter dynamic of most moms really just want their daughters to be best friends with them for as long as they can be. And sometimes, yeah, it's harder for certain moms to break away and let go when their daughters mm -hmm. are coming into their own, mm -hmm. especially through their preteen and teenage years. And that's a lot of what this movie was with a helicopter mom, I would say. <laughs> I, I definitely agree with everything you just said. I, I love this film for the way that it is very much a coming-of-age story for for young girls and uterus havers. Yeah. And, and it was... It, I, I love that because we have so many, I feel like, young stories about coming-of-age as a young boy or young man and, and coming into that. And we don't have a whole lot that really focus on what what young girls go through and so I love that this film really doesn't shy away from that when she first turns into her panda her mom who which who by the way knew that this this was coming doesn't actually suspect the panda at first she suspects that it is in fact that thing that happens every month and I love the way that they weren't they didn't shy away from it. She just immediately came in and was just like, I have everything you need. And <laughs> it was, it, I, I just love the way that they were able to not shy away from that in this movie. And then again, what you said with the, with the helicopter mom aspect and the way that she came in with the, the pads and was just like, I have your pads. Like I, I mean, I've, I've been that, that young girl. My, my mom came to school one day. I, I, was feeling really sick and I, I actually had bad cramps and she came in with my medicine for me which thanks so much for that mom but she announced it in the hallway as soon as she saw me like I got your 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 girl like like thanks mom shut up <laughs> so you experienced that similar to in the film where mom just kind of is peeking behind the tree and watching low-key just yeah, watching her daughter yeah. and stalking her at school so I, I definitely understand having that mom who wants to be in your space during yeah. during those times. I'm sure plenty of us do. So it was it was I think handled really well. And I love to see that dynamic between them and how they handled it throughout the whole film. And it's one of those things that I think with May's character in particular is it's very much it is hard to, I would say, I'm not a mom by any means. I haven't had a child of my own, let alone a daughter. But having to let go, because I have seen that so prevalent through so many friends that I know, personal experiences, obviously, and just knowing and understanding that deeper meaning and the connection behind essentially a mom that won't let go, mm -hmm. won't let you be you, won't let you find your way and come to your own. And it's that is something that's so relatable about her character in particular, especially her mom. Yes. And because of that, this movie, I feel like was really and of course, it's a Pixar film. So it's to be expected. But I feel like it was it made it very easy, especially getting towards the end of the film where you start to see that the tensions rise further and further as uh, she has to deal with 
her panda and her mom and then trying to balance her friendships and making money off the panda and and trying to go see four town which her mom is definitely against and then even the tensions between her her other family members as they start to come into the picture and try to help so it it was definitely very interesting and pulled on the heartstrings very easily for having to watch poor may like honestly poor may have to navigate through that with such such an overbearing mother and and then it, it was also very beautiful to watch her mom kind of have that coming to moment of like uh, i also had to deal with this and maybe i shouldn't be so hard on my daughter was was really nice especially in that moment which really kind of clicked for me in particular was when her dad had that heart-to-heart conversation when she was getting ready to get rid of her panda and said your mom has well had a panda at one point and it was over me which that kind of really just Oof, that was a hard moment in this film for sure. That entire scene was really beautifully done. And I mean, every part of it, just the like when he picks up the video camera and he's like looking at what May and her friends had been up to and he sees the silly video that they make. And when he turns back and looks at her and just just the pure love he has in his face for his daughter and just how cute he thinks this thing that she made with her her friends is and she's like you made this it just immediately just started throwing me through a loop and then their whole heart to heart in that moment was so beautiful and I loved it but now going back to what we were talking about as far as like this being like a really fun and nostalgic movie uh, I think one of my favorite things about this movie was the part in the film where May is starting to realize that she might have a crush on the boy who <laughs> works at the convenience store. That was probably one of my favorite moments in the film because as a kid who grew up in that time, who was just discovering the internet, who was probably on sites at too young of an age called fanfiction.net and deviant art um looking at, at at pictures of gas station boys uh, uh, drawn as mermaids myself at that age it was it was so funny to me especially when she started she starts at her desk and she's just kind of like I guess he's got good eyes and then just rolls under the bed and makes that that face where she realizes like, ooh, I really like this. And then just like almost is sweating, drawing more and more fan fiction that that it's just so adorable and relatable. And and then even even later when she gets caught by her mom and she has to go through that incredibly embarrassing moment where her mom is just like completely missing that everything she is doing is actually just absolutely mortifying and uh, and then she comes back and she's kind of beating herself up like how can you draw those stupid sexy things was just so and i i again like i just love the way that they weren't afraid to like show and and shy away from a, a a young girl's experience with going through puberty and and starting to discover her 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 own like herself and it was it was so funny to me the way that they handled it as well i was flabbergasted through that whole entire scene just because yes 
I don't know anybody, including myself at that age or younger, used to draw on their notebooks things, I heart so-and-so or drawing hearts and I loved so-and-so whatnot. <laughs> but yes, it was incredibly mortifying that just the whole entire part where her mom does finally catch her takes her to the gas station or the convenience store and just yells at him. And it's one of those things, too, where we want our parents' approval, as mm -hmm. many of us do. And exactly as you just said, where after that happens, she goes home and beats herself up, saying, what is wrong with you? You don't, you can't like this boy. Da -da -da -da. <laughs> and it's one of those things that a lot of kids have a hard time, teenagers, preteens, coming to terms with their emotions and their feelings. And we do want our parents' approval where sometimes, yeah, we sit there and give ourselves hard times for things like this. And, and things that are just silly and completely natural to being a human who is growing up too so i i really love the way that this movie handled that and then was able to to kind of turn it around later on in the film and and ming was able to kind of recognize as because later on in the film when she when they actually are going through like that whole little panderome and she's kind of walking her mom through the bamboo may is walking her mom through the bamboo and she's kind of seeing how she went through her own experience with her own puberty and her own finding herself and coming of age and all of that and and when they were able to kind of see each other at at that equal level and she was able to kind of remember what that was like and understand i loved that moment between them and i think it was so beautiful it was a bittersweet moment because at the end when they finally reach the aunts and her grandmother where she says i need to go do my own thing and find my own path and mom is starting to walk away and then turns around and has a sudden moment of just having regret and saying no come with me let's do this together and really that's where the breakaway happens with May and saying, I'm sorry, we have to have the separation. I need to find my own mm -hmm. self and come of my own likes and interests and not what it is that you are wanting me to do. Mm -hmm. And there's a really hard moment that was really sad to watch at the same time where May has been this perfect A-plus student. She has done everything that her mom has asked of her. And finally, there comes that blow point where she says, what, I can't be your perfect daughter. And it goes essentially worth saying so many people that nobody is perfect. And no, no. And, and I, I definitely... that. <sighs> That moment definitely hit really hard and I you definitely feel for her in that moment because no you're right nobody can be perfect and we we definitely especially when our our parents expect so much of us there's a lot of pressure to to want to be that perfect uh that perfect child and when you really have to come to terms with no you can't be and it's okay to want to be who you are just who you are that's fine and but it can be hard a lot of it comes from, I'm sure, a place of love and care and wanting to have your child have a better path than you did as a 
as an individual growing up and really just seeing the best for them. And it's coming from a place of love, but a lot of the time that love is misconstrued and sometimes can be forgotten in the sense of we put too much pressure on our children or those around us. Definitely. And again, this is coming from somebody who is not a parent. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> a couple of fur moms here. Yeah, fur moms. So, sure. th- is Ming technically a fur mom? Because, I mean, May did keep her panda. Mm, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> also, speaking of, of furry, furry, cute things, the... The one of the tests to make sure that May could handle keeping her panda <laughs> under control was having to look at a box of kittens and remain calm. And yeah. I I loved that, but I I have to wonder what happened. Where first of all, where did you get the box of kittens? And yeah. second of all, what happened to the box of kittens afterwards? That part was so funny as they were going through so many different trials of what is going to get her to panda out. And yes, the box full of kittens. That was so funny. I laughed so hard at that moment just because I said, oh, it's a box of kittens. How cute. <laughs> I also love that that was the most impressive thing for her to to manage to when she was bragging to to the aunties. Yeah. yeah and she was like, she even managed the kitten box. <laughs> like this has been something they've done years and years and years on end. Again, where are you getting all these kittens? <laughs> And we discussed this in our last review. That film came out of just the Disney studio where this mm. film comes out of Pixar. It's all the same umbrella, okay? It's all <laughs> the same. But I love, again, just how Disney is being very inclusive and they're trying to do all of these different cultures. And that's what was so great about this specific film is we did get to see an entirely new culture where it is more a modern day look into traditional Chinese culture. Yes, and I thought that was really great. And I I loved all the all the imagery in this movie. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Uh the the character designs, the costume designs, and then one thing I want to talk about is dad making food just looked absolutely delicious. I was very hungry at the end of this movie. <laughs> I absolutely love steamed buns. They're one of my favorite things. And that was something that was so unique in itself that they added was how that is so important in the sense of being able to make buns together as a family and then cooking them and having dinner together. Yes, and I loved the way that they just like showed the entire family and how I love that their shrine was about their entire family too, that they didn't worship mm-hmm. like, a, like any gods or anything. It was, no, we just honor our family. And I thought that was really sweet too. I loved that. Especially the one thing that was cute that they did a change with is normally at temples, you'll see food dogs where it was red pandas everywhere. The red pandas were so cute, though. I loved them. And the little cardboard red panda that that May had before she could turn into a panda. I loved that. 
I got to give it to her and her friends, though, for coming up with some kind of idea to raise money for them to go to a concert. Given in 2002, $200 a ticket, that was a little much. That's a lot. That is a lot even for today, honestly. Yeah. So I I definitely agree. That was a lot for them and for them to be able to, to raise enough. And I loved how loyal they were as a friend group when they thought for a second that only three of them might be able to go. They were like, no, it's all of us or nothing. Mm -hmm. I thought that was so sweet. In her entire friend group, they were just so cute. And I I love to watch them interact throughout this entire film. Yeah, and it was really interesting, too, where Maid ended up seeing her friends and not her mom when she was going to her calm place. Honestly, honestly. And I I really liked how it was it was specifically Miriam, the green one. That, that she was seeing the most, I feel like they had a kind of vibe and I liked that that about them, that they had that closeness and that she was able to bring her to to that calm, to that calm space. And I, I think that's another thing like you were talking about before, especially with the helicopter mom, that that can be a hard thing for them to deal with is realizing that maybe there's somebody else in in their daughter's life that that might help them reach that that zen and that calm a little bit quicker and easier and that mom might be the cause of a lot of stress for a lot of things so i i thought the movie did a really good job of when they did that honestly the cutest thing was when she first woke up as being a panda that part was so funny because she woke up and it was literally i'm just gonna mosey on into my bathroom and it took her maybe three seconds to finally figure out whoa i am not human and then the funny thing i noticed at the end of the film too where finally she's done with working at the shrine and they've accepted the red panda and she's gonna go hang out with her friends where she still has her tail and her ears out and her parents say, hey, you still have a little bit of your panda out. And she says, my panda, my choice, which I thought was super cute. I thought, yeah, I thought that was super cute. And in all honesty, if I could run around with the cute pair of ears and a tail all day, I would do it too. So I don't know if you noticed, though, at that time where she is walking away, she technically has four sets of ears because she had her panda ears and her human ears. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, that's so silly, but I love it. That's adorable. She can hear really good that way. I mean, why not? <laughs> One scene in particular that it's important for us to cover before closing out or anything is the big climax at the end where finally she is saying, okay, I want to keep my panda and goes to the concert where mom just loses it. And we finally figure out just how large her red panda is. <laughs> Mom is a kaiju. Mom is a kaiju. So she, if mom is a giant freaking monster. She could take like she's literally the size of like a skyscraper, basically. Oh, larger and, than that. Yeah, and comes stomping into this arena that has, I think, one of those roofs that opens up mm -hmm. or whatever. And oh, she literally comes barreling through it and takes the place down. How dare you disobey me? <laughs> Uh, 
I love the way that they managed to distract her, though, because then they, after she comes through the concert, the whole family is getting involved, and they realize they need to calm mom down and get everything under control and get her panda back under control. And I love the way that May has to distract her and is just shaking like her panda butt at her mom, and she's Does just, this that- gyrating upset you? <laughs> That's just crass. It was it was so funny and I love the whole thing and three cheers again for dad for just running to to get the circle so that they could do the to do the panda ceiling and it was just it's so funny the whole thing the way the whole family got involved and then the fact that they all were just like okay we'll all break our we'll all bring our panda out and we'll all be pandas together in just one moment. It was just so great. I love that whole scene. They stayed so true to so many things that so many young preteens and teenagers do. The biggest one in particular was let's all lie to our parents and say we're sleeping over at your house where really we're doing something we should not be doing. I've definitely never done that before. I have definitely never, never have done that before. <laughs> <laughs> See, they they just touched on so many things about growing up, coming to age, and you were so spot on where we have seen so many coming to age films where it's a lot about a boy's perspective versus mm-hmm. a girl's perspective. And we have gotten some of those films, but I think they're really pushing it and really touching topics that we have not covered before. No, and they managed to do it in such a wholesome and honestly adorable kind of way. And yeah. I really, I really love the, the way that this movie is presented, especially just for young girls everywhere. So I think it's absolutely wonderful and and sweet and good job, Pixar. Just good job. Agree, agree. And wrapping up as we always do, Rachel, why don't you give me a guess on what the ratings were? All right, so I'm going to say that the critics, uh, critics, and I, I feel like they usually like the Pixar movies, so I'm gonna say they probably gave it like around like a 95 or like or somewhere around that range, and then the audience probably gave it like a 92 or something. I think the audience was probably lower in this one. Are you sure you're not looking these numbers up? I'm not, I promise. I li- and even if I did, I'd forget by the time we actually talk about them. <laughs> the critics gave this film a 95. Exactly. Oh my gosh, I got it right. <laughs> the audience gave it a 72. A 72? Really? The audience didn't like it that much. It had to have been trolls. It had to have been trolls. With my particular popcorn rating, I'm going to give this movie a large bag. It was really well done. I cried. I laughed a whole lot in this film. Cried a bit more than... It's a Pixar film. Mm -hmm. But they did such a phenomenal job. I loved, again, just them looking into a different culture. I loved the fact that we touched on a coming to age story in such a different way to make it more family friendly. Mm -hmm. And I would say something in the sense of a younger crowd can understand to a specific point. And then obviously until that coming to age of going through puberty, I would say. 
But the film made me laugh. It made me cry. It was just such a great movie. And I'm so glad we decided to focus on this film this week because I hadn't have watched it prior to this. And that's what's great about us doing these reviews is it forces myself to watch <laughs> things that I haven't seen. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, so for my popcorn rating, I'm actually going to give it an extra large bag of popcorn. Go figure. I give everything an extra large bag of popcorn. But I, I, I it's a Pixar film. Uh, with, trying not to spoil the rest of our podcast, I guess. But if it's a Pixar film, on the exception of a, of a few, which I'll let you all try to figure out which ones those are, uh, I'm probably going to give them all extra large bags of popcorn if we ever review them on the channel. Because <laughs> they just they just hit it out of the park every time, and they really did it with this one again. So I, I love the nostalgia factors in it. There was so much I found that could be relatable in this film and and then at the same time like you were saying it I love the way that it, it touched on a different culture it was it was beautifully animated really well done the pandas everybody's panda was super cute and just there's so much I could say about this film that I loved so extra large bag of popcorn you should definitely see this it was so good and so well done and for next week's episode, we are doing a TV series that ended, what, two years ago now? Almost three? Oh my gosh, has it been that long? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> but <sighs> here's everyone's hint. And Rachel, I just got to ask you, where are my dragons? <laughs> where are my dragons? <laughs> That's great. Perfect. <laughs> We're excited to cover this particular TV series mm -hmm. just because we've talked about it. We've given a lot of flack, a lot of love to it. This will be a very interesting review for us next week. Yes, definitely excited for this one because we are about to, like, if you think we go all over the place in some of our episodes, yeah. buckle up. <laughs> buckle up, buckle up. You are in for a lot. <laughs> I guess until next week. Until then, everybody. Bye. If you like Two Girls, One Review, go subscribe wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. I don't know what that is. <laughs>